Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today, Derek Stanley's here, and we're going to talk about GQM and other metricsy related stuff. So, Derek, thank you for being here. Hey, thank you, Dave. Um, so, I'm going to try to change up the way I introduce people today in honor of the fact that this weekend was Batman Day on Saturday, and then on the 19th, which is three days ago, it was Adam West's birthday. Um, so, in honor of Batman, What's your origin story, Derek? What is the thing that made you into the superhuman agile coach that you are now? You know, I'm not feeling that superhuman because, uh, and I'll, I'll share you, I'll share why. Um, my cape just recently came out of the washing machine, and I I put a red shirt in there, and you know what happens, right? It came out pink cape now. Yeah, you know, and so it's a real mess. So I'm I'm not I'm not feeling quite that you know superpowers and stuff if I can't operate a washing machine. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I ran away from, uh, what I thought was a career in management fairly early on in my career. And I, I went to software, uh, and, uh, really, you know, really enjoyed that. I was, I am a reformed project manager that was, you know, PMI the whole way and, and everything. Um, and I've been in that game for about 25 years. Uh, but, uh, for the last 12 to 15, I really, you know, that's about when I, I got turned on to Agile and I really, really liked it uh, and and really haven't turned back. Um, so, you know, since that time and, and moving into this and, of course, working at Leading Agile, really just been trying to help clients build things more efficiently and uh, one, one client at a time. All right, cool. And since you mentioned the PMP thing, I just want to let people know that you are a triple threat in that you've got the Scrum certifications, the PMP, and the Safe certifications. I know it's so you can mismanage it? stuff in all different ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, all right, so so thank you. We're going to talk about GQM, um, and I find that there's a lot of people like in class when people bring that up. There's still folks that don't know what it is. So, what is sort of a simple explanation of what that is that you could share with somebody who's not heard of it before? Sure. Well, one, it's just an acronym, right? So it's it's goal question metric. So the 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 whole idea being that uh, we should be mapping everything that we're doing back to a goal or maybe a set of goals. Okay. So a goals, and then the question, which we can kind of talk about, what questions do you want to ask to determine if your if your team, your group, your organization is on the right track to that goal? Okay. And then what metrics would you use to help answer that question? Okay. So it's a, it's sort of turning it on its head. So, so where are we going? Um, how are we going to track whether or not we're getting, we're, we're on the right path and then how we measure success as we move towards that? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so is there an example of this we can kind of walk through? I mean, maybe that's the easiest. I know we want to get down to the metrics level, but maybe if we can start out with um, some kind of example and kind of guide people through it. Sure, absolutely. Point. Yeah, we can. Uh, so one, you would have to try to pick out, okay, well, what would be, you know, what would be a business objective or a goal? Um, and, you know, in the in the agile world, typical kinds of business objectives would be things like, um, you know, increased quality or predictability, uh, okay. early return on investment, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's, there's about six or seven of them that uh, that we focus on, and so let's just let's just take a peek at, a peek at predictability because 
because that's all we agreed we were going to use. <laughs> so <laughs> this, most organizations, regardless of, hey, we, we need to get, you know, we, we need to pump up innovation. We need to get out to market faster. Yeah. You really can't do it without some degree of predictability within their org, um, uh, of course, predominantly at the development team level. Yeah. So that's, that's a very common um, business objective or, or goal. So I'd like to offer just a quick thing on the predictability, because I, I had somebody in class questioning this this weekend. The way that I always explain this is, I mean, I think most of us understand that if the team is predictable, it's going to be easier to plan. But if you think about this from the top of the food chain, people have to run the business. They need to know when things are going to happen so they can coordinate them and plan things at a higher level within the portfolio or at the program level. They used to have a Gantt chart that, even though it was wrong, gave them some sense of comfort that they knew when stuff was going to happen. And maybe we've taken that away from them because we're doing some kind of agile practices now, and they don't have a plan, but they still have to run the business. So we have to be able to give them something. We can't just walk in there and say, you're going to have to run the company two weeks at a time. Um, there has to be a way to see or have an idea of what we hope or what is coming up in the future, what we think is going to happen in the future. And that's why getting a team to a point where it can make and meet commitments is so important because then they can trust the team when they say this much by this time, or at least we have some degree of comfort, right? That they're going to be able to get there. Would you, do you agree with that? That's a, yeah, that's a great explanation and a great commentary in that. I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're running a company, uh, there, there's more than just literally, you know, pushing the big red button and getting something out into the market, right? Um, what about the training that has to be coordinated uh, ahead of time? What about marketing? What about, you know, uh, whatever it is that your product is, there's probably an awful lot that revolves around it and in support of getting something out the door. Yeah. Uh, and you simply can't do that kind of coordination uh, and and um, orchestration, I should say, uh, without having some idea of when you're going to get the widget, yeah, uh, whatever, whatever it is, and so uh, yeah, people people have a tendency to say that you know, okay, yeah, maybe we got away with our can't chart, but um, there is a, a tremendous amount of planning in agile uh, when you think about it, right? Yeah, and and people kind of forget that sometimes. They're like, oh no, agile, we'll just keep working two weeks every two <laughs> weeks, and you know, you'll get it someday. And if I'm the CEO, I, I wouldn't be very happy with that answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was my coming into it from the PMI background. I, I thought there was no planning. It took me a little while to realize like, oh, there's actually more. <laughs> we do this. Right. We replan every single day instead of just at the beginning. Yeah, that's right. You replan every day. That's basically what your standup is. It's not a yeah. status meeting, right? You pl uh, a plan, uh, you, you come up with a plan every sprint at the dev team level, right? Um, if you have... Uh, uh, program level teams and product line or um, portfolio level teams, um, they do their level of planning. And then usually there's a, a PI or a release level planning. So we got planning all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So just kind of going with our example, would we then say that our goal is to achieve predictability or is the predictability supposed to help us achieve some other goal? Uh, wow, fabulous question. Um, predictability in itself will provide the business with the ability, uh, with abilities that maybe it didn't have before. So okay. yeah, it can be a goal onto itself. But if you look at those other business drivers, like uh, the, the ones that I mentioned, 
Um, geez, what did I mention? Uh, so like uh, early return on investment, for instance, um, innovation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, quality, things of that nature, they all involve some degree of planning and investment. And, you know, without some level of predictability. And, and so our, our dev teams or, or our system of delivery has stabilized. And now we can relatively confidently um, uh, plan out X period of time. Right. Right? You know, we're not making commitments necessarily, but we do know what the system is capable of, you know, every two weeks or, you know, et cetera. Um, so that in itself, predictability can be a goal, but I, I just, I made the, uh, I made the, the statement, the bold statement, if you will, that I, it's hard to achieve some of those other business outcomes without it. Okay. Yeah. Because we need, we, we need consistency. We need some kind of faith in something. It can't just be like, well, we'll just ship, you know, like you said before, we've got to run other parts of the business. If we have no idea when anything's going to happen, it's impossible to plan anything else. Right. Okay. Now, do you, I have a question for you about kind of moving towards down this path. If we get a team to a predictable state, theoretically, we should be able to know what's going to come up, what's going to be available by a particular date for release. But here's, here's the butt part. I interviewed Chet Hendrickson one time about release plans and I asked him, shouldn't we commit to the release? Cause I, for whatever reason that was stuck in my head and Chet picked up a piece of paper and handed it to me and said, if I was the product owner and you were my customer and this was my release plan, as I handed this to you, I would tell you, we're not going to do this because from his way of thinking, you could, you could predict with 100% certainty that that release plan was going to keep changing as we learned. Yeah. What I would say with that is you can set up a release cadence that might, again, help the organization, the development organization, as well as uh, the business, uh, you know, marketing management, et cetera, um, understand, uh, you know, what what happens on a given cadence and be able to plan by that. Okay. But uh, if... What what most agilists will shy away from, and it sounds like Chet did, is to say, look, what we're not going to do is say you're going to get this very specific functionality by this date, right? Uh, because yeah, depending, you know, the further and further you go into the future, the less and less you can predict it. So we're not talking about that predictability as the ability to um, forecast the future, know exactly how we're going to solve a problem. Um, and execute against that plan, you know, 90 days in the future. What we're saying is we should have, and, you know, this is back to our CEO, Mike Kottmeyer, uh, we should have fixed teams that are knowledgeable, uh, high-performing, and then, you know, hopefully have stabilized putting out X amount of points per sprint. We should have healthy backlogs so that uh, we know what problems we're going to work on in this next increment, whatever that is. I don't know what the solution is, but we know that we're going to work on that problem and we have a very good chance of pleasing the customer by the end of whatever that, 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 um, frequency or whatever that. uh, Yeah. And and we know that in order for this system's way of working to be able to thrive, there's certain things that we have to put in place to make that work. Like the stable teams, like a well-formed backlog and like getting a team to a place where they can make and meet commitments. 
And that's exactly it. And so that that's where, uh, when we're talking about metrics, it kind of comes back. Uh, the the organizations that I've gone into personally, yeah. um, and with leading agile, we've come in and saying, no, no, we're doing agile. And we're doing, you know, we're doing fine. We don't need your help. And you know, I'm like, hey, that's super. Um, let me ask you a couple <laughs> questions. Are you meeting your business objectives? Um, and then there's there's maybe a meta question, which is, do you know what your meta object, uh, your uh, business, business objectives, objectives are? Because right? yeah. you know? a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm just trying to get this feature out the door. And yeah, that's super important, right? But are you doing it in such a way that maybe you're also trying to increase quality along the way, or you're trying to achieve an early ROI or get out to market before your competitor, things of that nature. Um, and that that's really why most organizations are trying to go to Agile. So it begs the question, are you, how, how do you know if you're actually getting closer to those goals? How yeah. do you know if you're, I used the, the term high performing before, how do you know if you're getting more high performing? Well, you don't know unless you have some kind of, you know, metrics set of okay. metrics. Okay, this at. is good. Yeah. All right, so how do we measure or what, what evidence would we look for that would tell us a team is high performing or not? Because there's a part of me that wants to say, well, do they have a well-formed backlog? Are they consistent? Are they, have, are they delivering repeatedly from sprint to sprint? Sure. Which, which is why we want them to be high performing so we get those things. So it seems a little weird to measure them by the thing we're trying to achieve. <laughs> uh, so we would probably uh, we 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 break those down anyway back to the goal question metric. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that you know you can't walk and chew gum at the same time, but we we still would uh, break them down a little bit and say okay. So predictability. Let's focus on that one for a minute. Um, what does that mean? Let's define a little bit. And I like what you did. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of go with that. Um, teams can plan, they can coordinate, they can um, deliver predictably enough to make a release level commitment. Okay, good. We 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 see value in that. Terrific. Okay. All right. Now, what most organizations do is one, they may not even set that goal. Um, they may just say, well, I don't know. If you're doing Scrum, then Scrum equals good, and you know that that math doesn't always work. What we want to do is drive towards, okay, let's set that goal and don't jump right to the metric. Let's ask the question, how would we know if we're better at that goal? So this, this sort of answers your question, Dave. So um, off the top of my head, um, it would be like um, at the program tier because mm -hmm. program tier, portfolio tier, and delivery tier are going to ask um, maybe different questions or use different criteria. But at the program tier, I would probably ask things like, is the system delivering consistently? Um, does the team deliver the functionality as committed, committed in the sprint? Yeah. Um, are we addressing risks on a regular basis? So I'd, I'd come up with these suite of questions that are those the right questions that if I answer them, they will help identify like that I am getting closer to or further away from my goal. Um, so can I, can I, can I interrupt for one second? Of course. So um, one of the things I want to point out is that we're talking about predictability and you could just as easily say, I mean, there are a lot of teams that I see come into class who are hundred percent predictable. They absolutely are going to carry work over from one sprint to another. 
they're absolutely not going to meet their commitments. And you can predict that with total certainty. Um, but that doesn't give any confidence that we can trust what they're going to say. And it makes it impossible for the business to plan anything. So it might be like predictability at a local level, but we need predictability towards actually meeting what Scrum is supposed to provide, which is working test stuff by the end so we can get feedback and learn. Yeah. And it's, it's, is, uh, I'll, I'll make the, par- the question even bigger, which is, is our organization, that might be a division, that might be a department, you know, I, I'm not talking about the whole company necessarily. Um, is the whole organization predictable? So for instance, those of you that have um, um, uh, a scaled environment where you actually have a portfolio team uh, that is dealing with uh, you know, a more strategic approach or what we, we might refer to as epics, um, a program team that is focused more on uh, the approach to those epics, you know, in the form of maybe features, and then the dev team, uh, which is, you know, uh, working on executing and delivering user stories. Yeah. And, and so is, are we predictable through that entire system of delivery if we put it all on the poor dev team, they may not have what they need in order to actually be predictable and yeah. high quality and all that. They are dependent upon the rest of the organization. And that part may not be, you know, politely said right where it needs to be. So I want to I want to stay on that one for a second. But before we do, could you briefly explain it? And you can do it from leading Agile's perspective or your own, whichever whichever is kind of in your head, but you just mentioned features and epics. Can you give a contextual definition of what you mean when you refer to those things? Sure. Uh, so uh, when we think of, um, uh, yeah, and, and there are different words, right? You know, so up at the, up at the top, uh, organizations might uh, figure out what their goals are for a year or three years or five years or whatever it is those might be decomposed into different kinds of um, goals or themes uh, that, you know, hey, we want to reduce costs by X amount over, you know, the next nine months or something like that. Well, okay, how are we going to accomplish that? And, you know, they, they sit down and have a good brainstorming session. The result of that might be uh, epics. Now, if you use different approaches like uh, impact mapping, uh, which would be a great approach uh, in this scenario, uh, then terrific. But at the end of the day, you're still going to end up with these large um, items that uh, will contribute to your overall goal. And we would refer uh, refer to those as epics. So that's a strategic... um, Big uh, rocks. Big yeah, big, that's a better way. Yeah, it's a big yeah. rock of something to do. And um, we know that we want it because it contributes to the overall business goal. Okay, great. Okay. So uh, your portfolio team is thinking about that and they're thinking about it from a, is it the right thing to do? Is it the right time to do it? And, uh, you know, is this something we want to invest in? Because this is going to cost a lot of money. Um, in general, leading Agile, we like to think in terms, epics are something that you can accomplish uh, one way or another, we don't know how, we're not prescribing that, but you can accomplish it in around three months, maybe. Um, okay. Try, try to keep under that number. Okay, so great. Now we've got that. Your program team would then work with everybody to decompose that epic 
into something smaller that we call features. So using your analogy, smaller rocks. Okay. They're still pretty big, but now these things are much more actionable, right? It's more of a tactical approach to accomplish the goal of the epic. Um, and so is a feature oh, yeah. a deliverable that contributes to the epic or is it? It is a deliverable. Okay. Yeah. Um, it does not prescribe how, right? We leave that up to the developers. They're in the best position yeah. to actually figure out what the, you know, the, the end solution is going to be, but okay. that the feature will absolutely be something that we put in front of the end customer. Okay. And that it contributes to the, you know, to the overall goal. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, features get decomposed into stories, stories right. which, you know, if you're doing really well, your stories are like one or two days uh, worth of work. Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing that. So and just to, for the folks that are listening, the reason it's important to have that conversation whenever you're talking about features and epics and themes is that every company has a different definition of what they mean. So I think it's it's always important to just ask the question, like when we talk about an epic, what are we talking about? Absolutely. Um, and so before I asked you that question, where we were in the conversation was you had had sort of described a situation where maybe it sounded like there's organizational stuff that could be impeding the team from predictability. Uh, sure. And, and so I, I, I think where I was going was um, we don't know what problems exist because we don't know what our performance is yet, right? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm suggesting that we're at the beginning. Yeah. So if we decide what our goals are going to be, uh, you know, predictability, quality, et cetera, then we can determine what questions do we want to ask that will give us leading and lagging indicators to, to that goal. Then we can determine what metrics they'll be. So, um, okay. so I'll give you an example. Uh, so kind of the, maybe, Maybe the more obvious is, uh, so we'll go back to the predictability one. So one of the questions I would ask for that is, does the team deliver functionality as committed? Okay. Um, if I'm on the portfolio team, what that means to me is I might look at that and say, okay, well, how can I evaluate that on the, on the, on the upper tier? Um, and a couple of um, metrics come to mind might be your epic completion ratio. So that which you plan versus that which you completed. Um, the uh, if I ask the question, uh, how long does it take for an opportunity to move from a good idea to done? Uh, things I might look at is the epic lead time, the epic cycle time. So these these might be metrics that people are sort of familiar with, but now they're helping me answer the right question. And then if I go down a level to the program team, I actually hate thinking of it in terms of up and down. If I just move to the program team, <laughs> it's the same question, right? But now I'm looking at it a little more granularly and I'm saying, hey, well, what's, you know, how long does it take for an opportunity to move for a good idea? I want to look at my feature lead time and my feature cycle yeah. time. And then with this information, Dave, I can go to what you did, which is, wow, you know, my, my, my lead time is is kind of looking long or longer than maybe I expect. I, I wonder what impediments might be there. Or, I, you know, I wonder what I can, um, oh, I can look wow. at. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting to me that, that you said that because when you started talking about cycle time, which I totally understand why you would want to measure that um, because you can find the places where you have to, you know, help that improve. Um, 
I immediately started thinking about stuff sort of parallel to that, which would be things like if I was at the portfolio level, I might want to know uh, how many times did a team fail to meet their original commitment in the sprint because something was imposed on them from above. So their sprint got interrupted by somebody like at management who was like, do this now instead. Um, because that would tell me we've got a problem with creating clarity for the teams before they start the work. Sure, absolutely. And that's where, that's why when I work with teams uh, at any tier, I I bring up the standard ones, right? You know, go go to your Agile 101 book and you're right. going to find, right? You know, the the lead time, the risk burn down, the throughput variance, the, you know, et cetera, right? Defects um, escaping, stuff like that. Yeah, but the one like, for instance, that you just mentioned, you know, may not be out there. It it, it may not come with uh, whatever uh, agile management tool you're using, whether you're using, you know, Jira, Rally, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that's not exactly what you need. You Maybe your organization has had a past history of interrupting sprints or interrupting, um, you know, changing priorities at the last minute, you know, et cetera. And that's the information you need because you 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 have a history of these bad habits. You know it has a negative impact, and now you want to keep your eye on it. Well, terrific. Then you know I don't you know do it on a cocktail napkin. It doesn't really matter. the The point is that I, I would encourage those teams to find out like is this giving you the information you need to answer the question. And Dave, you were part of that team. You'd say, yeah, you know, I, I, I have another metric I think I'd like to look at. And that would be perfect. Yeah. Okay. Metrics so, are interesting. Met metrics get a really bad reputation. Uh, you know, if, if you say the word metric, everyone, you know, uh, immediately kind of rolls their <laughs> eyes or, you know, whatever. It's just like uh, they just, they're, they're either forced to do it, you know, their manager makes them do it for some reason. I have no idea why. And, you know, and then they, they kind of roll their eyes. But if you can translate it to other parts of like their lives, like, you know, I've been, I was watching a lot of the Olympics when that was on. And if you ever notice um, when the runner finishes or the swimmer finishes or something, the first thing they do is look up at the clock. Well, yeah. truth be told, they're probably looking up to see if they won, but, you know, um, but, but during practice anyway, yeah. they're looking at the clock because they want to understand, did I improve over the last time? And, you know, if they did, hey, cool, kind of maybe continue what you're doing. If they didn't, well, then there's probably, you know, I don't know, a, you know, a coach there or somebody to, you know, help them figure out how to make a little change or something. So the, these metrics should be looked at as for their benefit, um, you know, a, a tool that they can use to then help say, hey, look, something's changing or something's not improving. Let's let's dig into that a little deeper and let's look at behavior or um, environment or you know whatever, and let's see if we can't find a problem we can fix. Do, do you think there might be um, kind of a lingering trauma of uh, with this metrics thing, like and the teams? I I feel like there's metrics that have been tracked and are tracked with the intention of showing to the teams, this is why you suck, or this is what's wrong with you. And the reason I asked the thing about management, you know, imposing work on a team is because I don't ever remember hearing about management saying, well, what are we doing that's screwing this up? 
It's always go fix the team, you know, go optimize that little thing down there and we'll pretend that, that our behavior doesn't affect it at all. But it's this systematic thing. So you have to be able to look at it, you know, across the board. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, with with leading agile anyway, when we uh, come to uh, a client very often, at least in this day and age, right? You know, I, m- most organizations have flirted with, or maybe are are doing with some degree, some success at the de- development level, some some form of agile. Yeah, okay, maybe maybe it's not great. Maybe it's you know they're they're not getting out um, of scrum if it's scrum they're not getting uh, with, there twice to work in half the time yeah exactly that they're not getting what was promised uh, but they're doing something like that um and what we'll take a look at is the the whole organization so it's just like what you said um and i, I think i I'll, I'll i'll use the example i used a little while ago which is maybe a dev team really does have everything they need um they have all the the right people they have the right uh, skill set um they've got the right processes but they are hampered by the fact that the organization around them, uh, you know, be that the the POs, the PMs, you know, whatever, um, uh, there are impediments. Um, mm-hmm. You you mentioned uh, a good one, which was uh, maybe that their sprint is continually interrupted. You know, so that's a big no no, and yeah, re- really throws off their uh, their their um, their cadence. Maybe um, they don't have healthy backlogs, so. They can't refine stories in time for the next sprint planning that's going to start. So there's a lot of this stuff that might be outside their control. So I love where you went, which is uh, we start looking at the whole organization, which is, you know, okay, how are you doing overall? Because if it's, you know, again, like, hey, my dev teams are doing scrum, ergo, we're doing well, it usually doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, I think that, well, actually, let me check in with you on this. I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the, um, the metrics, the things we track. And th- I still feel like there's somebody that has to be there who can kind of interpret those metrics and create a narrative because it's a story that connects people, right? That's what they remember. Um, I can show you, I have an example in classes. We look at, you know, how many things that we get completed, but we also look at how much of our original commitment do we deliver on? What's our change from one sprint to the next in terms of the number of things we're delivering, the percent of forecast met. Um, and it's all those things together. They have to be tied together to give you a sense of what's actually happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are, I guess, three, I don't know, uh, um, if I want to call them components, or maybe maybe there are stages that an organization has to go through. And you mentioned one a minute ago, so I want to come back to safety. Sure. Um, so one, before we talk about any kind of metrics, we need to actually coach uh, the leadership that these are never meant for um, any kind of punishment, um, personal review, you know, anything not weapons. Like that, right? Don't yeah, weaponize exactly. the metrics. <laughs> because if you do, then, you know, the only thing you're asking for is for them to game the system, right? right? Exactly. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter who them is. If your portfolio team, who's normally senior leadership, I guarantee you they will game the system just as fast as, you know, a, a developer right out of school. Yeah. Um, so we have to create safety there. And the only real way to do that is, you know, from the top down and deliver that message from the leadership to say, 
this is why we are doing this. This is why it's meaningful for us. We don't want to look at an individual's performance. We don't care. We care about team performance only so, and then they'll have to go into why do you care about team performance? And, you know, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there should be a lot of reasons behind that. So one, there's creating that safety. And, uh, you know, my experience shows one speech isn't going to do it, right? You know, you got to back it up for quite some time until um, until they really do feel safe. The, the next thing I would say is that an organization who's never really done metrics reviews on a regular basis and is really trying to use maybe GQM where they're, they're trying to say, we want to, um, you know, achieve this goal. So we're going to ask these questions and now we're going to look at these metrics and see if they, to, to borrow your phrase, see if they tell us the story that we want or tell us a, a bad story. And now, now we can go, you know, look at that problem. Tell, yeah. Tell us the story we need to hear, even if we don't want to. Right. So now that, that, that second component is we need to sort of stabilize the system. You know, there's probably bad data in there. There could be um, people using, you know, Jira or, you know, rally or version one or whatever it is you're, you're using. They could be using uh, those um, in, in inconsistent ways, which are skewing your data. And it's a big mess. One of the, the ways through that that I have found that, that works out pretty well is to start off the groups looking at their metrics, again, in a very safe place, to specifically look for data errors. You're, you're doing sanity checks. So it's a little bit too early to look for performance, right? You're, you're, you're just looking like, do these numbers kind of add up? And do we need to all align like, hey, we're not going to use the task element in Jira anymore. We're just going to use user story or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So once you get all those figured out and that might, that might take a few weeks or take a few sprints, but then you should see like your numbers are starting to stabilize. They might be telling you, you know, bad news, but they're stabilizing. Then finally we can get to that third stage. And now we're about what three sprints in from the time we started this effort now we can start looking at it and say, okay, what help do we need to, I don't know, whatever you're looking at, to increase quality? So if you're looking at quality, then chances are, you know, the questions you're, you're asking um, is, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, are the teams able to verify the quality of the product that they're shipping or do they have to rely on somebody else? Um, are we... Um, what, what's our investment mix? Are we, you know, uh, just focusing on product to um, the detriment of uh, defect burn down? Blah blah blah. You know, so a lot of lot of different types of things there. But now you can look at that in a more critical way and say, um, yeah, okay, the, the, this metric is um, telling us information that now we can act on and make a change on. So that's okay. normally how I do that. And, and notice, I'll come back to what I started with, which is it all starts with safety, which has to come from leadership. Okay. So if, if I'm working in an organization that's starting down this path, and you just said it has to come from leadership, I am pretty much certain that if I go to leadership of the waterfall organization that's going to be embracing agile. And I say, okay, this has to come from you. What kind of data do you want to look at? What metrics do you want? I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear um, percent completed utilization and uh, some kind of earned value metric because that's what they're most accustomed to. Right. 
And I've got to teach these people to ask different questions about the work in order to understand what's going on when we're working the way we're talking about working. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, that that um, you are teaching them to ask questions, not ask for the metrics. We're also, by the way, going the reverse way is we are teaching the dev teams, program teams, portfolio teams, not to just look at metrics for metrics sake, but understand why are you looking at that metric? What what question is it answering for you or should it be? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely both sides of that coin. Um, but yeah, with the top-down leadership, they they might be looking at, you know, value density or, you know, any of the things that you mentioned. And they want to know that. Okay, cool. We just want to like, uh, you know, why are you looking at that or, or what, what is that telling you? And there's a pretty good chance that they know why, but now we can put it in context of our, our overall goal. Our overall goal is we are, we were, we were trying, I'm making something up here. Uh, We were trying to decrease our release cycles and we did, but guess what happened? Our quality went way, way down. So uh, we had all these escape defects. So now we're trying to increase our quality. Okay, cool. Well, that is an admirable goal. So now what, what questions do we need to ask to find out, is our quality um, getting better? And then that, that's how I would approach that leader that you were talking about. Okay. So, you're, so part of this transformation is working with them to define what their metrics are. The, my follow-up question was going to be, um, you know, when you walk in, what metrics do you want to see? And maybe you can't answer. I just, I know I get asked this question every single class. Like what, what metrics should we look at for the team or for management? What is the stuff we have to measure? What kind of reports should we give? And it's like, I'm always like, well, I don't, I don't have an answer. I have reports that I've created to, to work with specific people while I'm teaching them how to ask different questions. But what is your, I mean, where's sort of your go-to for, for the things we want to capture and be tracking? Yeah. And, and there are go-tos, right? So that's, that's a reasonably fair question, even though it, it sort of um, undermines what I would normally try to work with the client, which is just that, you know, go back to GQM rather than just list off a a bunch of metrics, but there really are standard ones that are going to come up, uh, you know, in, in almost any kind of, um, you know, product organization, right? So you're going to want to understand probably your lead time. You're going to want to understand your cycle time. Be that, um, as I mentioned before, epics, really big things, you know, features or, or stories. You're, you're, you're probably going to want to understand what that is just so you can help um, uh, mark your improvement or, uh, you know, understand if, uh, you know, just how long does it take to get something out the door, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, the risk burn down is pretty standard, right? So again, I don't care if you're um, up at the high level, which you're looking at more systemic type of risks, maybe uh, uh, organizational dependencies that might cause you to look and say, hey, am I organized correctly uh, to get rid of reoccurring risks? Or down, you know, at the story level, which just says, hey, we've we've never done this before and, you know, it's, it's a high risk. Um, so those are pretty good, you know, uh, throughput variance, uh, comes to mind. Um, uh, story completion ratio is, is another, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, of, of number of stories because, 
you know, when it gets down to it, it's kind of meaningless. I, I, yeah. I prefer to kind of, you know, take a look at story points, which I think is what the world does um, by and large. But yeah, so there's, there's a few off the top of my head that, uh, you know, would, would be in my, you know, standard bag of tricks. Yeah, your standard start pack. Oh, I d- there's probably a bunch I didn't mention just that second, you know, throughput velocity, all that kind of stuff. I, but, I don't know. And you agree that um, a team in the, in the very beginnings of this process is going to have different informational needs than a team that's been doing it for a year or two. Uh, I do, Dave. I guess it depends on where they are in their maturity or, or if the organization is starting, say, an agile transformation and you already have a high-performing team. Okay, well, great. Let's, again, you know, find out where they are, which uh, would, would mean you know, some kind of agile assessment and sort of looking at you know, past metrics. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they have sort of stable velocity and they are doing a good job of burning risks down and, you know, uh, um, things of that nature that, that demonstrate they can make and meet a commitment, then you might be looking at, um, different kinds of metrics. One, I'll go back to what you said earlier, which is first thing I'll ask them is what do you think? What kind of data points would help you improve? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I almost never get nothing, right? Um, but there might be other things like which is staff availability. Um, do you um, do you have trouble with uh, shared uh, shared resources across yeah. staff? Maybe maybe that's a challenge. Um, uh, investment mix. So do you have trouble with uh, you know burning down defects, tech debt stories? Working in time for spikes, I you know I don't know whatever uh, that, that is they do, um, and so you might look at what is your investment mix and is there an opportunity there. So I, I'd, I'd look at things that you wouldn't look at necessarily with a, a, a sort of brand new team that we just want to get you know focus on the basics and get stable. Yeah, um, I, I have one kind of final question about this, and then and then after that I'd like to share contact information so people can follow up with you if they have more questions about it. I get the impression that the reason a lot of people struggle with answering the kinds of questions you just brought up is because they don't even have an understanding of why or they're, they're implementing agile, but they haven't figured out what problem it's supposed to solve. And because they don't have that, if, if we were to say like, what's the goal to like uh, agile, or, I mean, it's it's almost like they're not sure what the tool is supposed to make better. And so that makes me wonder how they would measure it. Yeah, true. I I've, uh, I had a client not all that long ago, although I've had a couple uh, in my past that uh, basically was going to Agile for Agile's sake. And they yeah. were spending a ton of money to do it. Um, and... You know, uh, again, not such a bad thing, right? Um, nice, but kind of nice, hollow. Nice, well, uh, yeah, exactly. What are you hoping to get out of it? Uh, is is my thing. So, um, for for me, I kind of keep going back to those those business objectives, or maybe look at it in a different way, which is, uh, are you having trouble meeting? your business goals, you know, your, 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 you know, annual or, you know, maybe five-year plan or whatever it is. Um, and therefore there was a, a reason to go to, to agile that way, but you still have to narrow it down. 
yeah. which, you know, again, is our hypothesis is if we went to Agile, then we would shorten our time to market. Okay, fabulous. Great. Uh, you know, is is there anything else? You know, do you have quality problems? Do you have, you know, anything, uh, you know, money yeah. uh, uh, and investment um, uh, percentages that you need to work out or whatever? Um, so at least then they can focus in on this is our reason for going to Agile. We believe if we do this, we will get this benefit. And I, I think that if organizations don't start there and yeah. don't at least have that tough conversation, then you're kind of wasting money. After that, then you can start measuring your progress. Uh, Mike, Mike uh, Kottmeyer, our CEO, um, goes so far as to say, you know, if if we are not measuring progress, then you know we're basically robbing from the client. Yeah. Um, so we're well, we're not measuring just measuring, measuring and showing, reporting. Yeah. 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 You have yeah. to measure and show them the results of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. This is. I mean, we can go on <laughs> for days. I think, but hopefully that sparks some ideas for people. Um, if if they have follow up questions about GQM or about metrics or specifically what metrics they they should be looking at. Um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Oh, I'd love that. Uh, so they can find my profile on leadingagile.com. And uh, my email address is Derek, D-E-R-E-K dot Stanley at leadingagile.com. All right, cool. Thanks, man. This was really cool. And thanks. This is our first one. Yeah, fa- fabulous. Derek, first thanks of for many. having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, all right. And thank you all for listening. And check back for more podcasts soon.